Welcome in, welcome in to the Dynasty Mafia podcast. I am your host, Antonio Denisi. With me, as always, Eric Denisi and Keenan Jimajic. How are we tonight, fellas? Good. How you guys doing? I'm doing great. I'm ready to get this show. I've been, I've been itching all day to get this show recorded, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet you are. You're, <laughs> you're getting all antsy over there. You're jumping up and down. Weeks. It's been a couple weeks since I've seen those beautiful faces of yours. Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry about that to everybody. Uh, I, uh, I added another member to the family uh, about, where are we, uh, 10 days ago. So uh, uh, my wife and I had a baby girl on top of uh, our son. So that gave us a little bit of a hiatus, but we're very happy to get back to work. Another Denise in this world. That's all we needed, right? <laughs> we are adding to the fantastic population of, yeah. the, of the Denise's. Yeah, but that but that's awesome. Congrats to you and your and your wife, and uh, and your son who's a big brother now. Yeah, he loves being a big brother. Uh, thank you. We we're very surprised. I mean, he's he's a good kid, but um, he's he's eighteen months, and we were surprised with how how compatible uh, he was to her um, very quickly, right out the gate. I mean, the first half an hour was rough. I'm gonna be honest. If if you could see, it was kind of like. A horror movie for a second <laughs> but honestly but after that after that first half an hour um it's been it's been a lot better um, my wife and i have got a good uh, good rhythm going i know you know a lot about good rhythm with uh your kids so that's all it is it's all rhythm it's all rhythm you, you, um, make, you make up the rules as you go there's no, yeah, there's no right good way. book on parenting antonio exactly exactly no right way that goes out to everybody uh no right way so now that we are back to this, there has been some things that we need to catch up on. Uh, first and foremost, the preseason uh, was officially uh, nixed the uh, other day. There are no games, no games going to be played. So obviously that's going to create a big impact. You know, we're recording today on, on Sunday, August 2nd. Uh, so teams have been reporting. Some teams have already sent some players home. Uh, and, you know, how, how do you think this is going to impact the rookies you know for for years i've been always saying get rid of preseason get rid of preseason get rid of preseason i don't want to watch preseason football and now they take it away from me i want to watch preseason football because i'm in all these dynasty leagues and i have you know all these players that are on the bubble of making a team and i want to see what they can do and now i'm really nervous about some some of my dread i mean i didn't invest much much equity on on any any particular player that that I'm nervous about making a roster or not, but some of these rookie, you know, especially undrafted free agent or free agents that signed up, they probably don't have a chance to make make the roster. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, like like you said before, all this time I was, I was agreeing with you: get rid of preseason, get rid of preseason, preseason. Now they do, and I'm like, oh wait what's going to happen with all these rookies and all these, all these players that make their name in preseason and all that chemistry that's built in preseason and just everything, learning the playbook, going through the drills, doing everything. Um, it's yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna slow a lot of guys uh, down and uh, hold them back a little bit this year, but I guess all we can do is hope that uh, next year is, is back to normal and, and everything. But I mean, even look at look the bills, they're sending rookies home. Um, so like, it's just going to be a completely different experience for the rookies and they're not going to get that time, uh, before the regular season to, like I said, build the chemistry and do all that 
Yeah, we're not going to get that, you know, as a Bills fan, all three of us are, we're not going to get that Cinderella story where, you know, this guy comes out of nowhere and we all want him to make the team. And I'm trying to think, what's the running back last year? Wade, was that his last name? That we loved. Oh, and Christian we wanted, Wade from Australia. Yeah, we wanted him to make the team so bad, you know. He ended up he ended up making the team on a practice squad or whatnot, but we're not going to get that Cinderella story. You know, Every I feel like every year here in Buffalo, we the fan base picks a – picks a guy that has slim to no chance of making a roster and has a good preseason. And then we're shocked, shocked. There's, there's going to be that there, there's going to be that. It's just, we're not really gonna, it's not going to be as fun as it was because yeah. we're not going to actually see it unfold. Yeah. Um, Cause it's all going to be behind the scenes. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they plan on doing. I don't know if they plan on making, you know, uh training camp more, uh, what do you want to call it? Publicized or you know, yeah. do whatever with it. But you know, it's yeah, not. They'll probably be... they'll probably have it less in the spotlight. And I mean, a big thing too is they won't even have pads on for, yeah. I think, till what the sixteenth. I mean, at least the middle of the month. So they're not even going to have a lot of practicing with pads. And, and we already mentioned everything else they're missing. I mean, there was mini camp. There's walkthroughs. You know, even players that are changing teams. You have like to develop in that chemistry with their new teammates. Exactly. That, you know. It, You'd have to think that that's going to get messed up. I mean, the only people, you know, big name-wise I can feel confident is Tom Brady moving over to Tampa Bay. I mean, you remember when back in June he had those private meetings with his players? He's been in the system this whole time, Antonio. Exactly, exactly. There's a reason he was doing that because he's 43 years old. He knows what needs to get done, and he doesn't care because it's not going to stop him. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but I I think that this definitely has to bump some rookies down a little bit. Uh, you know, if you thought Marlon Mack was going to be ahead of Jonathan Taylor in the beginning of the season, well, he's he's definitely going to be ahead of him then in the beginning of the season yeah. for for at least a couple of game game or two longer. And then I don't uh, know about that. Well, I mean, I, I'm hoping he breaks out. See, that's the thing, though, is I still think you know some of these running backs can potentially um, you know make their case in training camp just to the coaches. You know, like Jonathan Taylor, I think he's just straight up much better than Marlon Mack. So I think I think he's, you know, one of the very few people that actually can win out a starting job in training camp. Yeah, but, but he's not competing. Not a full starting job. The problem is the he's not problem. competing against anybody. Yeah. And also the problem is we're we're talking about fantasy here. Like you're not gonna at least in my opinion, all the rookie running backs like in redraft leagues, I bump them down some because you don't know if they're gonna be able to get get a get a learn the offense and be able to win starting roles. So I bumped them down. I even bumped down uh, the the kid in Kansas City. Um, I can't I think of his name. Uh, Clyde. Yeah, Clyde Edward Flair. There he is. At the um, same time. It's... But, now, but now that they cut – or they didn't cut, um, uh, Williams opted out. So I bumped them back up a little bit. But I did yeah, – Yeah, talking about, talking about Damian Williams. Damian Williams. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. He opted out, so now my, so I bumped so I bumped Clyde uh, Edwards Hilaire back up, but I some of these rookies I I I mean I love Jonathan Taylor I I traded with Antonio I two draft picks to move up to grab him, but I you gotta I think know. they're gonna be having they're gonna be holding live scrimmages in training camp but they're going to be competing still against somebody. Yeah, so, but he's going to look good, I'm sure, because they're not going to be killing each other. Cause they're that's pretty- what I'm saying. If he looks better than Marlon Mack, 
it I just, definitely I don't think help him going into the season. If anything, I agree, though. I mean, like I just said, it's going to hold some of the rookies back, but there are certain guys that I'm not too worried about. He could do it by game one, game two. You're not wrong. I mean, game one, he could show uh, – he could burst off for a 60-yard touchdown. I mean, he, he has that ability, and then, you know, Marlon Mack is getting looked at twice. Uh, you know, there's definitely that chance. Yeah. Not uh, saying Marlon Mack's going to completely disappear. I mean, I can just see – I could just see in the beginning of the year Jonathan Taylor getting slightly bigger workload. I I, I can see it at 50-50 going in week one, and then eventually Jonathan Taylor getting 60-40, I would say. What about about Cam Akers then? Do you think this is where someone like Daryl Henderson moves up a little bit more? Somebody you're maybe looking to trade a low-end second? Is there a chance that uh, he's going to get his shot? I mean, I, mean, I was an Acres man. I've said this in the past. I don't think Acres has any competition there, but no, I think it actually. He's he's one of those other ones that I actually think it it might actually help out a little bit because, like I said, I I mean I think he's going to be the best running back in training camp. There, he's going to be the best running back in their live scrimmages, and and you know Sean McVay clearly loves this kid, and yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, they're going to be splitting time in the games just because, you know, they still have Malcolm Brown there, too, and, you know, he's you know, he, their veteran there. He did throw some shade on Cam Akers, McVay, when he said it's, you know. He, he just he drafted him in the second round. I'm not worried about that, to be honest. He did, but they did the same, what was Henderson, a third-round pick. Uh, and he didn't really get to play much last season. Obviously, you know, no, not many players are playing ahead of Todd Gurley, but as much as I want Akers to start, too, I wonder if, you know, this is also something where, as opposed to maybe him, him getting to share more of the workload in, in game one and two, that might not happen now until game two or three, where he's getting more than five carries. The thing, the thing with Acres is Gurley five carries eat up a lot of snaps there in in L.A. Um, McVay loves loves his RB one. In 2017, Gurley had it two 20, 62.7 times he touched a ball. 2018 was 60, and in 2019 was. 58% he touched the ball um, over over the other running backs. So he does love his RB1s. If he can, you know, beat out these beat out the other guys there, then his value skyrockets, but I'm I'm still scared to draft him. I where where he's potentially going to go. There's going to be that person that reaches for him and you're like, uh, he might not he might not see the field till week 4. And then what? You're you know, you you you, you put all your hopes into the this rookie running back, and then if he doesn't get the touches that you need, you're starting the season one and three, two and two. You're, you're, you're in a hole, you know. Well, and you also have to think about Malcolm Brown is still there. He's been there now for I think this is going to be his fourth season, so he knows the offense very well, and they have shown that they've trusted him at times um, when they needed somebody to step up, and you know maybe he could be someone to get that role as well. I mean, I, I like I said, I know we're all on Acres' side here, but. That I, think, I think Malcolm's more there just for that veteran presence because uh, they got two young guys. You know, they just drafted uh, – uh, uh, what's his name? I don't know why I can't think of his name. Um, Who did they draft last year in the third round? Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson. There you go. Um, yeah, they just drafted him last year, Cam Akers this year. So, I think he's more of just that veteran presence. I don't think he's very good at all. Um, I don't think they draft Cam Akers if they actually think Malcolm Brown is any good at all. Or at least not draft him in the second round. It's, but it's not that he's not good. It's just, you know, maybe he won't get that shot as early as we were hoping. 
that's the only yeah. thing. You know, redraft wise, uh, you know, if you're looking at the AD, ADP right now, Daryl Henderson's obviously not being drafted over Cam Akers. So maybe right now we're looking at Henderson's a better value. And then when Henderson pops, maybe you try to trade him um, or you draft the both of them. And then, like I said, when, when one pops, try to move him or. Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a really good, you know, make sure you're we're really paying attention to that little running back battle during training camp because, you know, a lot of people are going to be drafting towards the end of August. And I think we're going to have a good idea on, you know, whoever is popping off there the most in training camp, that's most likely who's going to be getting, you know, the bulk of the carries at the beginning of the season. So that'll be that'll be an interesting one to pay attention to. Yeah, let's make it clear. We do like Acres for the long run, not maybe not well in in oh, my yeah. case, maybe not this year, but I do like love Acres moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely I definitely think he's gonna be that, that lead back. And you know, I know we you mentioned that uh Edward Zelaire got moved up in your rankings. Uh I agree I did move him up. He is sixth in mine uh for, for redraft this year. And uh speaking of him, you know, like you said, Damian Williams opted out, so He's going to be the guy. They have Darrell Williams. They have uh, Darwin Thompson, who they drafted last year. They have uh, Dwayne Washington that they got from the Raiders. Uh, but I don't know if they feel confident with him either. So uh, talking about Damian Williams dropping out and uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, uh, the, a member of their offensive line, he dropped out um, as he's a, a doctor of medicine. So he's going to go save some lives, which is really awesome. Uh, but I just wanted to mention a couple other players. Devin Funches of Green Bay, Marquise Goodwin of Philadelphia, Marquise Lee of New England uh, have opted out of the season. Plus another uh, 20 uh, New England Patriots have opted out. Yeah, plus uh, the Patriots, half of their roster is gone. <laughs> uh, is anybody here besides Damian? You know, we've already talked about Edward Slayer. Is anybody else besides him really a, an impact that you see? Um, I. Not really. So far, we have some more time for people to opt out. Um, as you mentioned, uh, I'm sorry, as you mentioned a lot that, yeah, New England has had some players dropping every single day, it seems. Yeah. I If the, the players that you've named, maybe Marquise Lee, I had him, you know, as like a late, late round, you know, take them, see what happens with that offense in New England. But now, I mean, it, there's no one really that important that I feel like, oh, no. Um, so I guess I guess right now I I'm not really concerned with it, fantasy wise what dra- what players have dropped out besides Damian Williams. I think I think a few of them actually stand out a little bit. Um, you know, for Marquise Goodwin, uh, that could actually help um, Jalen Rager. You know, yeah. for the, for this sure. year um, and just all the other passing options there. Um, Devin Funches, maybe a little uh, Marquez Val- Valdez Scantling or some. Um, you know, some of the other wide receivers over there in Green Bay might him. have more of a chance. I think Alan Lazard is probably going to be more of the one that might stop yeah, up. Yeah, or Alan's, Alan Lazard, you know. You can wait that, for but that'll help on them. do something for, for years. I just – I feel bad yeah. for the people who traded, you know, uh, well, maybe like even a third or, or something along the lines of that for Funchess. And, uh, you know, maybe with some excitement having Rodgers there and then he, he does opt out. Which, you know, again, it's it's definitely – Is, that, is anyone else just – is anyone else just scared for their dynasty teams for <laughs> who's going to opt out next? <laughs> just uh, wait for it. Just wait. You're going to wake up and the next day you're like, no. It's tough. It's definitely tough. I mean, it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation anytime that it comes up. I mean, especially during the season when people are getting in. We want everybody to stay healthy. We want everybody to stay safe. But, you know, it seems just like that's that's not going to happen. 
So, uh, you know, certainly respect everybody's decision. Nothing out. Yeah. You know, so far we've had oh, yeah. a, a big list of players who've gotten COVID. You know, uh, Gardner Minshew today for Jacksonville got added. Matthew Stafford yesterday. Kenny Galladay. T.J. Hawkinson. You know, all three of them uh, on the same team for Detroit. Uh, Mason Crosby for Green Bay. Jay Sternberger. Uh, Justin Jefferson, the rookie for Minnesota. Devontae Booker for the Raiders. Lane Johnson for Philadelphia. And Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, you know, actually, along with Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie for Tampa Bay, two other running backs in their team got uh, COVID. So, so LaShawn McCoy's their starter, people. Draft <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's just interesting how many people have gotten already. And, you know, obviously we're hoping for, for safe recoveries and that, that they're all okay. But uh, it, it is definitely worrisome that uh, people are opting out as well as this many people are getting COVID already that uh, hopefully that we can stay healthy for the next 40 well, 36 days. Hope so. I mean, hopefully this is over before, before hopefully it's over, over tomorrow. You know, it'd be nice. Yeah. But, and I know we were talking before the show and I, I, I mean, no ill intent with the question, but are you looking at any of these players, you know, like a Kenny Galladay or a Justin Jefferson and you're like, Hey, he might've already gotten it. Is, and well, from what they're possibly saying, you know, that they, they, you can't get it again. You know, whatever side of the fence that may come to, but is, are you looking at that maybe as a draft decision looking between, you know, Ken Galladay or uh, let's say Amari Cooper, for example. I'm not, I like, like I said, before the show started, I'm going to pretend COVID's not a thing and I'm going to draft just, just as normal. Cause I, you can't really control what's going to happen. Um, fingers crossed. No one, no one else gets it, which probably won't happen, but um who sa- who says that Kenny Galladay doesn't hit the hit the field and tears his ACL? You know what's the difference? You know it's you can't control injuries and you can't control vir- the virus. So I'm just gonna pretend that none of that happens and just draft who I think is gonna help me win a championship. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm not gonna let it really affect my draft. I mean, if I'm sitting there like you said between Amari Cooper and Kenny Galladay, that's a great example because they're actually being drafted like right next to each other. Um, I might look at it. Um, if I really can't decide and I'm just trying to pinpoint little things here and there and I just can't decide between the other two, then yeah, I'll probably go kind of like Kenny Galladay. And if you're looking at, if you're trying to stack, you know, wide receiver QB stack, Stafford and Galladay, you know, they're, I guess, a safe stack if you think about it that way. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, but again, it's not going to, I'm not going to reach on a guy, you know, if, just because they already had COVID or anything like that. But if Gardner I'm, if I'm really between two people and I just cannot decide, then, you know, sure, it'll be yeah, it'll be factored in. This is where Antonio gives us this crazy answer that we don't agree with. Ready? Here we go. Go ahead, Antonio. No, I'm, I've got nothing. That's I, – I think I'm on the same page. I think it's – you know, you don't know what – what's going to happen in the future doesn't mean, you know, that I'm not going to play the game of they could or could not get it again. Like, I think, like you said, I'm just going to, we're not going to uh, play, play it as normal. I th- no, exactly. I'm just going to, I'm going to draft a little bit of depth though. I, I'll be honest. I, I may handcuff um, or draft another handcuff more than I usually do. You know, like if I don't get Zeke, I might go get Tony Pollard. Uh, if I, if I get Saquon, I probably won't get Wayne Gallman. Actually, that's a good actually, point. Actually, I heard someone talking about this the other day. I totally forgot who it was, but they were talking about it. And do you really want the handcuff? Because say, say you have a running back and you have his handcuff. Yeah. 
But what if that running back has COVID? You know, everybody in that locker room is potentially affected. You know, yeah, what if exposed to it? The, would it be better to have? You know, well, just maybe. But that's why I was saying, like, you know, if I got Zeke, I wouldn't get Tony Pollard, but I would draft Tony Pollard if I didn't draft Zeke. Oh, okay. Because okay. of that ceiling, that could be a little bit like you know, if I draft Saquon, I'm not going to bother with Wayne Gallman. Yeah, I don't want to draft a handcuff, but I'm going to draft other handcuffs. I don't need to do that. Yeah, I usually don't do that because I don't. I want to get somebody else that I think there's upside. I don't want to rely on potential injury or something. But this season, you have, you know, the, the potential for a higher yeah. a likelihood that somebody might be out. That's a good point. When it comes to redraft leagues, I usually, I usually rock with one quarterback and then pick up yep. another quarterback. You know, if if my quarterback's injured or or a bye week or whatever. Um, in free agency, but this year I might, you know, grab, grab two or three, just, just, just because of this whole COVID thing. Um, like I said, I only usually draft one, sometimes two, depending on how the, how the board falls. But this year I definitely am going to grab, cause I don't want to, I don't want to be grabbing Ryan Fitzpatrick off the waiver wire to fill, fill in, you know, one of my, say I had Russell Wilson, you know, um, and he, Knock on wood, he doesn't get COVID. I don't want to jinx anyone, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to look into depth. I think that's I think that's a great point, Antonio, and I'm glad you made that point. Um, that position, and also tight end. Usually, I grab one tight end, um, and especially if it's not one of the top four, three, four guys, I usually, you know, I grab one tight end and I try to stream the waiver wire, trying to grab, try and play matchups. Um, but this year, definitely will grab a couple of couple tight ends as well yeah i mean i'm, I'm definitely going to make sure there's some ir spots that are reserved for covid i mean as we get closer i'm going to determine some more with the leagues that i commission um i know you and i are in some leagues together where you where we each commission them um so we've been talking and you know we're gonna we're just gonna stay water that's what we got to do and, and just take every day as a new day and uh we're kind of going to go from there so and we've been pushing back all our uh well, scheduling all our drafts and everything, and today was the first day we're like, I, we need to start talking about when we're going to yeah. have Yeah, usually this was two months ago that we'd have yeah. the draft day set. We, we had, had the draft, draft order and everything for all of our redraft yeah. leagues. And this year, this year we've been pushing it back, and I, I think now it's time to, you know, start making some decisions, and, and hopefully everything, you know, plays out. It, we'll see. I mean, I mean, it looks like the basketball's doing a good job and hockey, but they're in the bubble. And then the thing that scares me, you got the MLB – they're not in the bubble and then there's players getting it left and right. And, you know, it's, and NFL is obviously not in the bubble and it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a crazy world right now. And we could, all we could do is play it, go day at a time, I guess. You're right. You're right. So with, with you saying that it's, you know, Hey, it's, it's August 2nd. It's time to start getting things moving. That's what we're doing today in our episode. It is our division previews. Uh, we're going to start today with the AFC and the NFC East. So with that being said, the Buffalo Bills are going to be the first team that we're going to talk about. Uh, the Bills in 2019, they did finish 10-6, and six, second in the, in the uh, AFC East. They did lose in the wild card round to the Houston Texans. Uh, you know, they had some key additions over the offseason, uh, picked up some depth on the offensive line and defense, uh, adding the likes of, you know, Josh Norman, uh, and they also traded for Stephon Diggs from Minnesota. Uh, so that was a big addition for, you know, their quarterback, the young quarterback, Josh Allen, who really needed that to help uh, make that next leap 
uh, that people are really expecting him to make. So uh, drafting Zach Moss as well, running back uh, coming up to help with Devin Singletary after they got rid of Frank Gore. The Vegas win total right now is at nine for the Buffalo Bills. What uh, what do you guys think? Uh, how about you, Eric? Do you think that's something uh, over under that uh, the Bills are going to do? I'm going to smash the over on that one. Oh, uh, Jesus. Oh, wow. What do you mean? Oh, we just had 10 wins last year. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad. You're, it's just, just you saying smash it. That's like jinxing us. We're going to end up with like five oh, wins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. yeah it's guaranteed. Pick we the under in Buffalo. If you, you know, yeah. if you don't watch YouTube, make sure to check us out on YouTube. But uh, <laughs> do rep some Buffalo gear here and there. But uh, yeah. always impartial. But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, our defense is still going to be phenomenal. Um, our offense only got better. Uh, I, I will say, um, you know, John Feliciano is going to be out uh, right now. It's out indefinitely. I don't know, you know, when he's going to be healthier back, but that I think could hurt a little bit because we got to figure out what we're going to do there at right guard. But you know, I still think they should try and move uh, Cody Ford into right guard and you know figure out tackle. But you know, that that's here and there. But um, but yeah, like I said, we we added Stephon Diggs, which is huge. Uh, it's huge for Josh Allen. It's huge for the offense as a whole. Um, it'll open things up. You know, John Brown's going to be facing number two guys instead of number ones now. Um, I think it'll open up things more for Cole Beasley in the middle. And adding Zach Moss, I think that's going to help our run game a lot. We're not going to be handing the ball off to Frank Gore up the middle three times in a row. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's going to be a real good year for us. I I definitely agree with you. I think they're they're gonna have more than more than nine wins, um, and it, it has nothing to do with what the Bills have done. It's more what the rest of the division has had the bad luck that the rest of the division has had. I mean, in the last week, the Jets have lost probably two of their best defensive players, and that and usually when I look at the Bills schedule, I'm like uh, the Jets fifty fifty. We'll split we'll split the series. Now I'm thinking to myself. They're going to win both of these games, and they should win both of these games. Same thing with New England. Losing, you know, they lost Patrick Chong. They lost um, their linebacker. Hightower. Down to Hightower. Hightower, yeah. Like, they lost uh, Cannon, their right tackle, too. So There's yeah, no they're... reason the Bills should not win five games in the division this year. Um, and the only the only game that they might lose, I'm going to say, is Miami. I think Miami's an up-and-coming up, up and coming team, and they're 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 hiding under the, underneath the radar. They added some great talent. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but I think when it comes to the Bills, and I, you know, I don't bet against or or for the Bills in fantasy or any type of money because if I bet against them, they screw me. If I bet for them, they screw me. So, um, but this year, I'm the reason I'm saying they're going to have more than ten wins is is because of the bad luck the other the other teams in our division had. When the schedule first came out, I was like, oh boy, look at this. Look at this schedule. But now in the last, like, two weeks, I'm like, huh, easy five wins right there, If maybe even six wins in the division. Get a couple more, you you might even have a bye. Well, no, they just switched it. They're not going to be number one because um, number two doesn't get a bye week anymore, right? Correct, yeah. yeah so, they, But we might get a home playoff game. I guess we could all sit outside the Ralph and cheer out, cheer our bills out from outside the Ralph. But, but I think I – think, what has happened the last couple of weeks to the other teams? I think I think the Bills are in a good spot to get more than ten wins, and I need to go to a casino and, and smash that as well. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we <clears throat> excuse me. We uh, 
We definitely have a lot going for us in the AFC. So, like you guys said, every team got worse in their defense. You know, well, I mean, I won't lie. Miami did improve, but they did get rid of Micah Fitzpatrick last year. Yeah. Um, so they've added some pieces, but their deep ball and their passing game definitely got worse. You know, Jamal Adams just left the Jets. They got worse. Uh, we just talked about the Patriots. So that's going to help Josh Allen uh, get better. That's going to help Stephon Diggs. You know, uh, Josh Allen had a 14.6% for his deep ball attempt compared to Kirk Cousins in 13.7. I think that's where um, Stephon Kirk Cousins Diggs had a worse percentage. He just had a lower deep ball attempt percentage. That's crazy. And everyone talks about how Josh Allen does so bad on the deep passes, but there's, there's Kirk no, Cousins. No, that's, that's just the attempt percentage, how often they throw. So, oh, like, he, he throws – yeah, out of 100 passes, he's throwing about 15, yeah, compared to Kirk. So, it's, it's a lower number, but it means there's more downfield targets to help the likes of John Brown, to help Stephon Diggs. They're going to stretch the field. So I think that that's really going to – I think Diggs is going to go back to, you know, his 2018 form uh, where he's going to have a higher uh, average depth of target. He's going to have a higher yards per catch. You know, I think I think 70 or 80 catches is definitely in the realm of possibility for him. Uh, and, and I think that he's going to be able to return that, you know, high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one. I really do because he's going to be able to get some touchdowns. And while they're stretching the field, you know, you have Dawson Knox coming into play. And Dawson Knox in himself is is looking like a tight end that can be on the rise, especially for Dynasty. You have to you have yeah. to look into this guy. You have to look into grabbing him because, uh, you know, I, I tweeted out a stat, uh, you know, a week or two ago where Dawson Knox was one of like 13 players to have at least 50 targets uh, and to have a higher uh, yards per catch of over 13 yards. He was like fourth on the list for yards per catch. And he only had like 28 catches. So he had, he had over 500 – or I'm sorry, he had close to over 500 yards. And I think he's going to get a lot uh, a lot more targets as well. And it's going to come from Cole Beasley. Um, yeah, they had 36 drops yeah. That's... as a team. How many, how many so, did, uh, how many did um, Dawson Knox alone have? I believe he had 14. 14. That's crazy. And he yeah. only had 28 catches. That's, that's insane. Yeah, so – exactly. If he can catch seven of those 14 drops – there was one game where he, he dropped it. It, would have, it was a clear-cut touchdown. He just dropped it. Yeah, I, I think it was – was that the Browns game? It was. Yeah, they would have won that game if he just catches that ball and he walks into the end zone. And it's – you yeah. know, it, it was so that, but there's also and, then, and he has all this talent too, so. Yeah, there's also uh, – I've seen some reports that uh, Josh Allen's deep ball is starting to look deadly. So – Oh that's going to be, that's well, gonna I, won't, be I won't I won't tout the completion percentage too much but you have to factor in though the average is like 15 16 drops so yeah. if you give him give him league average that's 20 more catches on that team that puts him up to 60% yeah I mean that that makes him look a lot better than 57 uh I know it doesn't sound like a large number but 3% is is a large number to increase and you know oh. I want to talk about Devin Singletary and Zach Moss here real quick yeah um, I was just about to mention him yeah you want to go no go ahead no I yeah. So, so Frank Gore is gone. We talked about that. Frank Gore had 106 carries in the first eight games, uh, 86 of them in the first six. So they used him heavily. He obviously did. Uh, he didn't get injured or anything, but he broke down a little bit. Um, and after Singletary returned from injury, because he did miss a few weeks in the beginning, you know, uh, uh, Frank Gore only had 60 carries in the last seven weeks. So Singletary had uh, in the last six games the fourth most carries in the league and the fifth most rushing yards, but he had no touchdowns. We all know how bad Frank Gore was in the red zone. That's why they, they brought in Zach Moss. I really think he's going to take a lot of the uh, red zone attempts. 
I think Singletary is going to be able to get his work on the outside, uh, lining him up in the slot. I really I think they might do that a little bit more to get him on the field. Uh, he will get a bit more catches, but uh, I think he's going to stick around the 140 to 160 range of carries. But um, I don't know if he's going to be able to get much higher than, than what everybody is looking for, uh, at least where the hype is on him. I think he's going in like the fourth round in some startups. Uh, that's a little too high for me. Uh, I'm sorry, not the fourth round. I meant the uh, eighth round. My bad. Singletary or Zach Moss? Singletary. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I think Zach Moss is going to be the guy for the future, and Singletary is going to be great, uh, like third down back and complimentary. Yeah, and we mentioned Frank Gore a couple times. Uh, it was so frustrating. Uh, we all love Frank Gore. He's you know probably one of the better player, un- underrated and better players that we've got to watch in our lifetime. But he just wasn't – He, I feel like every time first contact, he'd just be tackled. And it would be so frustrating because we love the guy. And, and I, everyone's scared to say cut him or whatever because if there was anyone else, we'd be like cut him. But in putting Zach Moss on the field, no one in college forced more missed tackles on runs and receptions than, than Zach Moss did in 2019. He had 98. It, I think this guy is very under – undervalued and I think I think Josh Allen is going to love his two running backs um he's going to love Singletary from from the 20 to to 20 and he's going to love Zach Moss from 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 the end zone to the 20 yard line um I think these guys they might not produce you know RB1 fantasy numbers but Josh Allen's going to love them and like you said there can be more touchdowns um where they're going to be lining lining each of them up yeah, their defense was second in the NFL in points against, uh, only two behind the uh, New England Patriots. So I think there's a chance the Bills can lead the league uh, in points against this year, even though they got a, a tough slate ahead of them. But uh, that defense is great, and they drafted Zach Moss pretty high, so I think they're going to want to run the ground and pound. Uh, and especially when they're winning, they're going to want to try and uh, you know control the game that way. So uh, I do have Josh Allen still throwing the ball a bit more. I do have them running a bit more plays than uh, – than the 1,015 that they had. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a good year for the Buffalo Bills. And I didn't even mention myself. I, I'm also taking the over uh, with the nine for Vegas. Uh, mostly to what you said, Keenan, that they, they got to win at least five out of the six in the AFC East. And if they win six and they can't win at least three to four games somewhere else, then they don't deserve. Yeah, they're uh, going to win. I see them getting 11 wins. Um, nah, that's where they, I got them, too. You know, I, I – and it sucks because this is going to be our first 11 win season in years and we can't even go to the stadium, you know? <laughs> yeah. Should have had it last year. Uh, but they did, uh, they benched their starters against uh, the jets, which rightfully so. I just wanted um, to mention something about Moss, but, um, not only that, but I think part of the reason why they gave Gore so many carries last year is because, you know, everyone else on that team just seemed to be fumbling the ball. You know, Josh Allen had, like 14 fumbles, uh, Singletary in, you know, the 12 or 13 games he played, he had four fumbles. Um, and Zach Moss, he pretty sure he had like zero, at least zero fumbles last year. He's, he, you know, he doesn't fumble the ball. Um, and you know, oh, if wow. he, if he proves that throughout his first season, then, you know, yeah, he, he could easily be the one getting the bulk of the carries going down the line. I wouldn't be surprised if that was accurate just because this coaching staff and general manager, they're so, they're, they follow every little detail. And if that's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he had zero fumbles last year. Just just based on the point that you just said, 
I remember the Pittsburgh game, primetime game, a Sunday night or Monday night game, and we're driving down the field and Singletary fumbled the ball. I wanted to kill him. <laughs> but, you know, but it was – a problem. What's that? It's a problem. Yeah, it definitely is a problem. And, and Josh Allen did it too. I, I was just watching the play where he fumbled it in, in Cleveland, and um, I think it was uh, Feliciano. He recovered yeah, he it in the end. And he did like that somersault in the thing in the end zone, and I'm like, just the way he had it, I'm like, I'm like, just talking, Alan. Come on, man. But <laughs> yeah, he, well, I think. Uh, do you think he's gonna hit top five this year? What? Do you think he's gonna finish top five, Josh Allen? I mean, I think he. Well, go fan, fantasy wise, fantasy wise, I definitely think he can hit top five. Well, yeah, just, so just what, as yeah. a passer in NFL, I don't think he's going to be tough. Enough. No, I'm going I'm to say this. Just, so you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think he he can hit he can hit um, top five in fantasy. But I'm also going to say this. He's going to get a lot more attention from the national media because the national media is so stupid, like Colin Coward, um, because they just look at um, pass percentage, completion percentage, just because what Antonio said about the drops and if they cut that in half, his completion percentage is in the 60s. 60%. And he's going to get more attention because that's all they look at. Unfortunately, they don't look at – they don't watch the games. Um, and that's the problem with analytics. you got to watch the games as well. And I think he's going to get more attention as a, as a quarterback, and he, but he's also going to be really good fantasy-wise. Yeah, I mean, he does really make some overthrows, but he also gave John Brown the best year of his career, and Cole Beasley had I mean, the most catches. There's a video on Twitter with Mahomes making all these overthrows. Yeah. You know, I, I it's just it, – People yeah. are just uh, yeah. Well, uh, we'll hope for that ascension. And we'll say hope so many bad things. People, <laughs> I know it's sorry. It's right. We'll we'll definitely uh see how that season goes. So another uh team hopefully doing a little bit better than they did last season would be the uh, the New York Jets, uh, the Jets. In uh, 2019, they finished seven and nine. They were third in the AFC East. Vegas has them at uh, over under seven right now. Uh, I was going to take the over until, you know, Jamal Adams was gone and CJ Mosley dropped. And uh, I think I really have to stick, go with the under on that one. Uh, so talking about those key losses, uh, they brought in Brashad Perriman, wide receiver from Tampa Bay. They brought in aforementioned Frank Gore from Buffalo uh, to help relieve Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they drafted uh, Mackay Becton, the tackle. They brought in some linemen. They drafted Denzel Mims, uh, wide receivers. So what are you guys making of the tail of the New York Jets this year? It's under. Simple as that. They just traded their biggest strength on their roster, which is Jamal Adams. Um, and, I mean, they got good value for him. So, But I think it's going to be under just because their best player was traded on the defensive side, maybe even on their whole roster. Um what, I, what I've seen on Twitter is Adam Gaze does not have a good relationship with any of his players. And does that is that good for Sam Darnold? I wonder what their relationship is like. Um, it, God forbid if they're you know if they're on rock, on rocky terms, he's gonna they're gonna ruin him, and he's gonna be a bust. And if if they don't get if they don't get this situated in New York, but this year for sure I think they're going under. Um, they suck. <laughs> yeah, I, it's so weird. Like, I don't know. Like, what are you trying to do? 
Like you want to win when you when your quarterback is on his rookie contract. Yeah. Sam Darnold, he's he's a good quarterback. Um, they're doing everything opposite the Bills are. Yeah, like you have Le'Veon Bell, who's an aging running back. You know, you needed you needed Jamal Adams. Like you, why would you trade? But that trade, you didn't want to makes, be there. I know that, but like that I, trade just makes it seem like you're just you know you're building for the future in a way. It yeah. sounded it's like you like, because of Adam Gase. I'd get rid of Adam Gase to this second. That, that's I'm what I was about to say though. It's, is it's I hope I hope they take. I, I hope they take those picks later, and and I hope Adam Gase is not the one making picks with those with those. Like I hope they just get no, rid I hope of him because I really hope they can save Sam Darnold's career because I just don't want Gase to ruin it for him. I mean, I really do think he's a good quarterback, um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know I don't know what they're doing over there, um, but but I'm gonna actually say i want to say push i think they can get seven wins maybe no pushes get out of here all right i'll say under then they, they ain't getting <laughs> you could push you could push it oh here we go hey I'll i say mean, under. It's not wrong they yeah. it is it that could happen listen you I'll can't push under. in vegas i'm trying to make money over here give me some give well me then you got to do like seven and a half or like six and a half or something no seven's a number over and under all right under <laughs> yeah i i don't know I'm, I'm uh I, they they've been interesting to me. Like you said, I really I really want Sam Darnold to do well. Uh, I really like him. He's still only 23 years old. Uh, it's crazy to think, uh, but you know I think that he he's been giving us giving some deep ball threat after uh, Robbie Anderson left with Prashad Perriman. Uh, hopefully he can be that you know fifth year breakout. Uh, we saw a little bit of that last year. Uh, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to return to low-end RB1, high-end RB2 form. Uh, you know, he can't do much worse than last year, and he was 16th in PPR, 21st in non, and he just had a hor- horribly inefficient year. Um, I think with that defense, obviously losing key pieces, they're going to need to throw the ball a lot. So Darnold is going to be, in my opinion, a good buy. Um, I- I've been trying to scoop him up as much as I can this offseason. Um, I've been collecting him, uh, you know, super flexes. I'm getting him for a low first. Uh, quarterback, one leagues, I'll be honest, just grab him for, for some value if you can, low end second. Um, some, I got him for like a third, high end third if, if, you know, someone's looking for that. But I'd be comfortable with him uh, as, as my number two quarterback or potentially even a low end starter. Are you worried about their offensive line at all? They have four new starters there. And uh, with them just hitting the field August 2nd or August 1st or whatever, they have had no time to gel, no time to develop chemistry with Sam Darnold, with, with Adam Gaze, with, with – um, Le'Veon Bell, I that's that's the, that's one thing where you know if we were talking about this back in you know May, I'd be like, okay, they got, they're going to fix the offensive line. They drafted offensive line, grabbed a couple free agents, um, but they have four new starters and they barely have played. They haven't played together, and they're not going to play together until September. Yeah, that's a great point to bring up that we kind of didn't mention up earlier was you know without many without anything that that's really been going on that more than just the rookies. And like we said, transitioning players, but offensive line is huge. Uh, you know, some kind of chemistry that you need to have on there because they're, they're the biggest team asset really on the field, you know, working together. Absolutely. And that is a really good point. And I really like Mekhi Becton. Um, I think he will be a good piece for them, but uh, they picked up what I think seven offensive linemen. Uh, yeah. They only got one, one back from last year. Yeah. Alex, 
Lewis. I, I don't even know. I don't even know his name. That might that might be a fake name. Uh, but they only brought one guy back from that office line last year, and that's that's a concerning to me. Um, where I guess that's more concerning to me as a football fan, not a fantasy football fan. Does that that makes any sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's that's another issue. It's going to take some time. Like like. Maybe it'll take a couple of weeks before they they finally start gelling together. At that point, where they might be zero and three, zero and four, one and four, you know, one and three or whatever. Um, where the team we just talked about, the Bills, they're bringing everyone back. I think I think the the difference is and why I think if we could just go back to the Bills one more time before why I think they'll they'll have the most wins and win the division as well. They are pretty much bringing the whole team back besides a few, besides the rookies and a couple, and Stephon Diggs and a couple, you know signings they made on defense where they they've had a whole season to gel where when you when you start piecing players together it takes a while you need that mini camp you need you need preseason now the Jets haven't had any of that where the Bills have had a whole year to develop this chemistry the Jets are just starting it and the point yeah so the whole division is besides I the whole division is where the Bills you know they're who 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 did they lose in the offseason Really, that's gonna really affect anything. Besides, any Stephon Diggs, and I mean, give yeah, that's chance. very true. And well, you know, somebody that we're forgetting to mention as well would be Chris Herndon. You know, speaking of people that are coming back to bring some continuity to Sam Darnold's life, yeah, uh, he's gonna be. He was a really big target for him in 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, he missed uh, he missed a lot of uh, last season with the suspension and then his injury, but then he's one. What was that? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to mention him. Go ahead. Yeah, in 2018, he had 56 targets and 500 yards. Uh, and he, in two of those games, he had no targets. So, I mean, he had a, a lot of production in a rookie season for tight ends you don't generally see. He was one of 13 tight ends since 2000 to have over 500 yards in their rookie season. And, uh, you know, on that list, he was fourth in yards per reception, third in yards per target, and, sec- and he had the se- second least targets. So that was insane because the list – is just is just pretty wild. Uh, I'll read it quick. You know, Jeremy Shockey, Evan Ingram, Noah Fant, Aaron Hernandez, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, and Rob Gronkowski. That's quite a list to be on. And uh, you know, like I said, I think he's the most. Him and Jamison Crowder, whom you know we didn't mention, is also a really big favorite target of Sam Darnold. You know, those are some. I really think Chris Hendren's a big buy, especially in tight end uh, premium leagues. Where. No, one more thing I want to add before we move on to the Jets. And sorry, Eric, I, I'm sure you're trying to get in on this conversation. Me and oh, Antonio are uh, monopolizing this conversation. But uh, they, he also lost – Sam Darnold also lost Robbie Anderson last this past offseason. That's also another where they're all over yeah, the place. Yeah, that's why I think Perriman will come in and try to replace yeah. a little bit of that role. I mean, I like Robbie Anderson's deep ball, but – But once again, you're – you know, there's no continuity there. He's yeah. not familiar with any of these players, and this is where I, you know COVID might be the COVID might be the, the reason why Sam Darnold is labeled as a bust. Because if he doesn't, same thing with Allen. If they don't, this is their third year. This is the year where you see those players make that jump, where you're either considered a one of the best in the league, or you're you know an average player and you're irreplaceable. Or Adam yeah. Gase told you back. Yeah, but um. This is the year where you usually see those. The third year is the, the year you see the players develop and and make that next stride. And if he 
there, I don't see a way that that Sam Donald brings seven wins to, to the Jets, just based on just based on what has gone and what has happened in the last few months. I will say that's one thing I'm a little worried about with Darnold when it comes to that is, you know, he kind of showed last year that you know once his you know kind of mentality was broken down and and you know he was just he was just doing bad he was seeing ghosts as he quoted himself, <laughs> um, you know if he has another really bad year. You know, how does that work for just his confidence in general? Um, you know how the football forward. fans in New York are in the media. Yeah. They don't – and, it, I mean, just thinking about it, also next year if he does – if he plays poorly this year, there's not going to be many excuses. I mean, there's going to be a lot of excuses to make for him, but they still have to – the Jets would still have to make up their mind if they're going to use that fifth-year option on him next year. Where – well. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Um, just kind of talking in this. I mean, looking at their schedule, I don't even know where. I mean, I think Adam Gase might get fired, to be honest with you, and they might just bring in someone else and because they can't lose Sam Darnold, man. But they who's their, they, who's their, who's their offense coordinator? Is it Shane Gailey? No, no, he's not, he's not there anymore. I thought it was Shane Gailey. I, I can be wrong. I thought that was no, Shane Gailey's in Miami now. It's um, Dowell Logans. He got. Uh, promoted up but uh sorry so just talking about their schedule here so they start opening at the bills probably a loss home of san francisco loss at indianapolis loss home to denver home to arizona both tough games then they're at the chargers that that's the closest game i can see them maybe even winning but it's away then they're home to the bills again i mean then they're at kansas city that could be potentially one and seven maybe at best two and six yeah i don't know those two better not come with buffalo yeah, I'm glad I didn't pick push. Definitely on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see how their season goes. So let's move on to uh, another team in the AFC East. The Miami Dolphins finished uh, last season five and eleven. Surprisingly, actually, with a uh, new team and looked like they blew everything up. Well, which they did. Uh, Brian Flores came in from uh, New England and, and did some good things with them. Uh, the current Vegas win total is six. Uh, that's a really good number. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll address that back in a second. But uh, some key additions that they had were uh, Jordan Howard uh, from Philadelphia, the running back in Maparita, the running back from San Francisco. Uh, they drafted Tua Tungvaluwa, the uh, incumbent starter, we would all presume, uh, from Ryan Fitzpatrick whenever uh, they decide to make that switch. Um, but, Eric, you know, why don't you talk to us a little bit about uh, how you think Miami might fare this season? Yeah, um, I think it's going to be more of a eight and eight type of season for them. You know, nothing. They're not going to be one of the worst in the league. Wow. But again, they're not going to be one of the best. Big jump. Well, um, well, I mean, I just, you know, I think at the beginning of the year they're probably going to get you know a, a couple wins. I mean, not I guess not necessarily eight and eight. You know, they could finish more six or seven wins, but just in more in the middle pack of the league. Because uh, you know their defense got better, they uh, they upgraded their offensive line a lot. Obviously, they drafted Tua, you know. But if if Fitzy can, you know, he's going to be slinging the ball. You know, if he can, he can go in there and get a couple wins, and then if they end up switching to Tua halfway through and he can get a couple wins, um, I can see the heaven. But they're a much better team than they were last year. You know, if you look at all the additions they made, um, you know, and I I think Jordan Howard and Brita, like I really do think Jordan Howard is going to be. You know, getting the bulk of the carries there. Um, 
I, I just I think he's he's a better running back. You know, Brita, you know, will obviously you know, obviously Howard's not the best, you know, pass catcher, you know, so so you know Brita's Brita's obviously gonna be getting work there too, but I think I think Jordan Howard gonna have actually a pretty solid year this year. And I'm 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 counting on Parker, Devontae Parker to have a have a good year as well. Yeah, they uh they fired Chad O'Shea who came over from New England with you know Brian Flores after the yeah. first year. Yeah, it was shocking. a really shocking firing. Yeah, th- those guys I, um, were coached together for ten years. Yeah, and, been... you know, I, I guess you know, someone's got to be the scapegoat. <laughs> yeah, someone had to get fired. They brought in Chan Gailey, who's now on his third team, third AFC East team after coaching the Bills and being with the Jets. And you know, they have some promise to look forward to though, because they did score at least twenty points in their final seven games. Uh, they averaged twenty six point seven points per game. Uh, yeah. which actually was, I think, sixth in the league. Uh, so that was kind of uh, surprising. And now they bring in Tua, who obviously brings a lot of optimism with them. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that they're a team that that could pull away some uh, two wins against the Jets, maybe sneak, sneak another one or two from New England. And they could and zero from the Bills. And zero from the Bills for sure. But I could I think that six is a really good number. I think I'm going to sit at six, though. I know we aren't trying to do pushes, but six is a really good number. Wow. Um, yeah, I oh. think I'm going to go with six. Sorry. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, I just said that the Jets are going to suck because they had no continu- continuity. Um, the Dolphins had no continuity either on the offensive line. <laughs> they drafted a couple rookies, um, and they brought in Eric Flowers also. Um, and they also drafted a young quarterback. So how much more continuity do they have than the Jets is my, is my concern. But I guess if I, uh, well, I speak on your wise. continuity there. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Yeah. Eric, I mean, you know, Fitzpatrick was there with Parker yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, I was just, I was just about to mention it. Yeah, I mean, I really do. I really do think there is a world Fitzpatrick can start all season. Um, it's possible. Uh, <laughs> so if, if he's there all season, Preston Williams can stay, stay healthy all season. Yeah. You know, if he I, starts. He really could be a decent offense. Um, yeah. It, can't Nothing forget about Mike Kosicki either. Yeah, and Jasicki's there too. So I mean, they they could be pretty decent. That's why I really do think they could get potentially seven or eight wins. And I could see Howard and, and Burita, you know, one of them at least finishing with a thousand yards this year with behind that offensive line. Where last year they yeah. after they traded, um, they do this all the time. This is what happens when you have three kids, guys. You forget people's names. Uh, Kenyon Drake after they traded Kenyon Drake. Um, that backfield struggled. It really did. And now that they added Jordan Howard and Matt Burita, I think that I think that's going to help help whoever's playing center, um, Fitz or Tua or Josh Rosen. Don't forget about him. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think if I'm not going to go with the push, even though I want to, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with over at seven wins. I think I have a side bet with uh, Joe Saro. I know he's one of our listeners. And one of our writers, shout out to Joe Sorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of our writers was going to start uh, getting some articles out there pretty soon. So yeah. really excited for that. Didn't mean to blow up your spot there. No, you're fine. Um, check check his – he's a good young writer. Um, I'll let you know more about that. <laughs> but um, I think we had a side back going where I said that Miami's going to finish ahead of the Jets. Just a $5 bet. No, you know, nothing too crazy. Um, so I'm – I'm going to go it over just because of my side bet. 
Just yeah, well, <laughs> that's uh, we'll see how that shapes out. Yeah. But just talking quick about uh, Burita and and Jordan Howard, Chan Gailey offenses. His last three offenses, he's targeted the running backs twenty one percent. DJ Spiller. They've had twenty one percent of the target share. Uh, so that's something that uh, I think really bodes well for Matt Burita. And if that's the case, you're probably looking at over a hundred targets to those running backs. Now I don't think Burita's going to get you know eighty or ninety catch targets, but uh, I think that that him and maybe Patrick Laird could be a little sneaky surprise. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, like I said earlier, Gasicki is a really, really good tight end. Uh, he's going to be a really uh, next big breakout as well. So I would try to grab him around uh, as well. So that probably wraps up the Dolphins for me. One one more thing I want to say. Yeah. Poor Josh Rosen. <laughs> Poor Josh Rosen. That guy, I – you know, well, I, while we're talking, I guess real quick, maybe we'll talk about Tua. Um, I, I'm still, I don't know. He was obviously one of the, the top picks in, in, in a lot of drafts. Uh, for we Super wanted Bowl. him here in Buffalo. Yeah. Wait, what? Rosen. I'm, t- I'm talking about Rosen. Oh. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah no, I was talking about Tua. I'm sorry. About Rosen. Yeah, Go no, ahead. I want to Josh Rosen. Rosen doesn't matter. Go ahead with Tua. We'll talk about that later, yeah, yeah. another time. But, no, yeah, for Tua, I think he's going to come in. Eric thinks Fitzpatrick will last offseason. I think – you know, Fitzpatrick would do as as, as great as he wants to do. I'm not saying I think he no, will. I'm saying I wouldn't be world. surprised I, I if he does. There is a world. I would definitely be surprised if he is too. But just with the way their schedule is this year, having to play uh, the AFC West, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough. But uh, speaking of a team who you know is going to have a tough schedule and a tough ride, the final team in the AFC East, the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, we obviously know whom they lost. Uh, the you know greatest quarterback of all time with Tom Brady, and uh, they finished eleven and five last year, uh, first in the AFCs. They did lose in the wild card to the Tennessee Titans, but the Vegas the win card. total. Sorry, was it the wild card game? Yeah, first round. Wow. Or not first? Uh, I'm sorry, divisional. You're right. Was but I uh, lost Tennessee. Year? But uh, sorry, so the Vegas win total this year is ten. That's at least what the what it was currently at as of when I looked yesterday. Vegas so, is high. That's what that's what's going on. Vegas is on drugs. Whatever they're on, give it to me. But um, I, I they're not going to get ten wins. They're not. I, they've lost. Not only did they lose a bunch of people to to the opting out due to COVID, but they lost Philip Dorsett. They lost Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, um, and you said that guy named Brady. There's no way they get ten wins. Yeah, I'm sure this is going to drop a bit now with, with more recent news uh, coming. So I think 10 definitely would be tough. I'd be smashing the under, even with Cam Newton uh, coming in uh, and, and trading for Brian Hoyer to bring some continuity uh, or some familiarity with, with that offense. But, yeah, I agree. I, I don't even know if – as great as Belichick is, I think he wants secretly deep down this to happen. I think that, uh, you know, with us being tormented by him for the last two decades, he's just going to keep doing it somehow, some way, even more. Uh, yeah, I think um, – I agree. I, I think it's going to be an under, you know, if – you know, losing Hightower and Chung was – that's a big blow to their defense. Um, yeah, they had the number one scoring defense last year. Yeah, that, that changes a lot on that defense. So – and then if you just adding that on top of losing Brady, just in general, um, that – I just don't see, you know – I agree. Belichick's one of the greatest of all time, but that's just that's just. I also don't see them 
being a number one overall pick, being a number one overall team to pick or whatever in the draft next year. I like we said that. Like, yeah, I don't. Well, I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the yeah, league. I. I mean, we. I last year I thought Miami wasn't going to win two games, and they somehow won five. You know, and I. I can see them winning six. I. Six, seven. I think it'll be more, yeah, more than six, just because of you know how good of a coach Belichick really is. Yeah, and they still I, have, I, I they still have them. good players. They still have a good team, but it really them. all depends on what happens there at the quarterback position. I could definitely see the Bills losing in Foxborough too. You know, that yeah. being that one division loss. Well, you know, you gotta remember too. They got Nikhil Harry, that second year player coming in. Uh, Marquis Lee, as we mentioned earlier, dropped out. So you got him and Julian Elliman, who's gonna get you know, probably a lot of the targets with whichever quarterback's coming through. I think Nikhil Harry has an opportunity uh, to definitely make a big step from what uh, little chances that he had last year. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I think that you have to look at New England as a tough team to probably want to be getting a lot of their players. Um, you know, they, they, they restructured Rex Burkhead to keep him around. Uh, James White, you know, what's going to happen with him. Then you got to look into Sony Michelle. Uh, and then they have, uh, geez, Damian Harris that they drafted yeah. last year as well. So, I mean, there is just a lot of question marks everywhere. I think Sony Michelle is a chance to get a lot of the carries again, but then like, like we're saying, it's a whole new, it's a whole new regime now with, with Cam Newton being the quarterback potentially coming in or Stidham, you know, as opposed to what they've been dealing with. So maybe James White won't be James White. Uh, maybe Sony Michelle is going to get the ball a lot more, or Damian Harris, it's his time to shine. You know, I think if right Cam, now there's too many question marks. If Cam Newton can be anything close to what he used to be, then they can easily hit that 10 win mark. But I'm one of the people that still think it's going to be a QB battle. I know, Antonio, you think that Cam Newton's going to be a starter there, but, you know. I do, and I don't think If injury means- is worse than people are, are leading to believe, then, you know, Stidham could, could easily win that job. Yeah, he was still the MVP, guys. We can't forget that. He he was a league MVP. I know that was still, you know, five years ago, but uh, he's he still can, can run with the ball if he needs to. But even though he doesn't have the best options at wide receiver, he'll get them the ball a lot better than Stenham will. But we'll see. I mean, obviously no training camp is going to help, help – not help him learn that complex offense as well. But we'll see. As long as they don't do better than the Bills, that's all I care about. Yeah, and no, I I actually care about one more thing. I cannot have them picking number one in the draft this year. That's true. I hope they're picking out around five, six stuff. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm what not, was it? Uh, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to be good, and I'm assuming that's who everyone thinks that Belichick wants. I I just don't want that thought in my in the back of my head next offseason. I mean, even a top five, they could get a top five pick would give them potentially a shot at at, a, at one of the three quarterbacks and. What was it? I think it was Ian Rapport tweeted that a GM, him, they were talking about. Uh, he thinks that Belichick is somehow, you know, part of all of this yeah. happening, so that they can get a tank. And Ian, like Ian the fact that a GM said, saying that. Yeah, Ian Rapport also said that Antonio Brown signed with the Bills, one day too, and the well, next day he was in the Bills. You know, <laughs> he did technically, but sorry, Ian, if you're listening. Yeah, I signed him with New England, played plays played everybody. You know, maybe he'll be coming back this season. Uh, he did get hit with that eight game suspension, so uh that could that could be a surprise. Uh he let's not talk about Antonio Brown right now, but 
let's move on <laughs> over to the NFC East. Uh, that's going to wrap up our AFC East uh, right now. So the NFC East. Before we move on, we have the Bills and winning that division. Uh, yeah, I think we have the Bills uh, winning that division. Yeah. And we have, who do we have second? I have Miami. I probably am going to have New England. And then Miami and then the Jets. I'll have it too. Yeah. Uh, you know me, I like to be bold. I'm a Miami, New England Jets after the Bills. I like, I like it. Trust me, I hope that happens. So let's move over to the NFC East. Uh, we'll start with the team that finished second uh, after having a lot of uh, high hopes uh, on their shoulders, the Dallas Cowboys finishing 8-8 eight and eight last year. Uh, they added some firepower, though, in the draft with CeeDee Lamb, a very unexpected pick who kind of just fell into their lap. And, you know, they were already sixth in scoring with Amari Cooper and uh, Michael Gallup taking a leap, having Zeke Elliott. Uh, so despite that 500 record, they put up a lot of points, and that defense got better. So as of right now, they haven't had uh, any big impacts from COVID um, or people really leaving. Uh, besides what Jason Witt, big loss. But uh, how about you, Keenan? What What are your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys? Let me just say I hate this division. Every year we have to watch this division on Sunday night or Monday night football, and it's a horrible division to watch um, because the teams aren't good. But when it comes to the Cowboys, I you you said it you said it right there with um, them adding that firepower on offense with. Um, with uh, drafting Lamp, that's what it is. I just, I don't know. I really don't know what to, what to, what to think of them because they haven't used really Gallup to his, to his potential as either there in Dallas. Hopefully, Mike McCarthy can switch that up and use Gallup because for years we've, for at least for for me for the last few years, I always thought that Gallup can be their number one. Now you know they draft Lamp, Lamp, and everyone's saying that Gallup. It's potentially their number three option, and I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I hope not because I have a lot of stocks in Gallup. Um, I just don't trust the Dallas Cowboys. I really don't. I I don't trust Dak. I'm not a big Dak guy. I'm not a believer in Dak. Um, I know he's going to be playing for that contract next year because he he didn't get it this off season. What do we have them at? What What does Vegas have him at? Oh, sorry, uh, nine and a half. Oh. Man, I'm gonna be a rich man after this episode. I'm going, I'm going straight to Vegas. <laughs> under, 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 under. I, I don't. They, they just never, they never play up to their potential. I don't know if it was Jason Garrett's fault or if it's Dak's fault. Everyone, also, everyone gives Dak too much credit. A lot of his play, a lot of his stats come in garbage time as well. Um, they're either blowing out teams or getting blown out or. Or they're down a couple scores. I feel like, and they have to throw the ball. And that's where I feel like Elliott last year he took it. He took a hit last year because they just had to throw the ball a lot. They they were bad. <laughs> so, but I'm I'm gonna go with you here before I keep rambling here. Yeah, I'm gonna be the opposite, and I'm definitely oh, gonna take God. the over on that one. <laughs> I respect it. Um, yeah, I think they're gonna be fantastic this year. Uh, you know, obviously losing Travis Frederick on that offensive line is going to hurt them there, but they still have a, a great offensive line overall, so I think they're going to be fine. Um, you know, they got Zeke. Uh, he's he's going to be fantastic. And then, you know, given Dak the, these uh, receiving weapons, you know, adding adding CeeDee Lamb, um, 
who I think is going to turn into an elite wide receiver. Um, not necessarily this year, but you know, come come down the stretch. But yeah, I think I think his stats are gonna are gonna be close to to uh, last year. He's gonna be close to five thousand yards, you know, thirty touchdowns, and I, I really do think they're gonna be at about ten, eleven wins, and they're gonna have a real good year. I I, I like McCarthy going in there. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Jason Garrett. I was I don't know why they held on to him for so long, but. That's because Jason Garrett had something on Jerry Jones. That's a conspiracy yeah. for you. Conspiracy. He finally paid him off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think it's gonna be a real real good year for uh, that offense and the fantasy options there. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm on Eric's side there. I do have the over as well. Uh, I don't have as high hopes for Dak as you do though. Uh, I like the McCarthy offense, what it's gonna bring. But you know, for Dak, speaking of drafts earlier. Dallas also had 36, so they they were tied up there with with Buffalo for the most drops. Michael Gallup had 11, uh, and he made a fantastic ascension. Uh, I think that he's a very special player. Uh, like you guys were saying, him and Amari are just it's just very dangerous. But Dallas ran 66.8 plays a game last year, uh, so just you know call it 66. That was seventh in the league. Mike McCarthy under the Green Bay regime only did that. One time was he that high, and that was in 2013, and it was 11th in the league. So, I mean, they were running more plays that season as well as 2015 when he ran just over 66. But it's – I don't know. I mean, maybe Kellen Moore is going to be the one calling the plays. My mind thinks McCarthy's coming in. He's kind of going to be bringing some of that new school he says he learned, but he's going to keep some of his old old mindset there where I don't know if they're going to be running the same amount of plays they ran last year, which means I don't think Dak's going to hit 600 pass attempts. And he's got to be super efficient in order to do what he did last year. Now, he has Amari, he has Michael Gallup, he has Blake Jarwin, he has CeeDee Lamb. They're all going to do well, but uh, I just I don't know if he's got enough ball to go around to even have his 5% touchdown rate as well. Reason yeah, running I, think, oops, I, I think Dak, I think his, his, he's going to have that efficiency, he, that, and that's why I think he's still – like I do agree – you know, the amount of plays, you know, the amount of attempts he's going to have is going to go down, but I do think he's going to have more efficiency. Um, and I think his wide receiver is going to be do, going to be able to do more with the ball. Um, and, and I want to add, I think Zeke is going to have a fantastic year. Is that yeah. why you keep texting me and asking if I'm trading him in Western New York? No. <laughs> texting ever again. I, I'm giving up on that. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe the reason they run so many plays in Dallas is because, you know, they're always down where – when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you're not very, you're not losing games. You're not losing many football games. There you so, go. That too. You know, so I, I, I've read something on, on Dak the other, not too long ago, is how much, how much of his, how much of his stats come in garbage time. I mean, we saw it against the Bills on, on Thanksgiving, you know, I think it was 27, six at one point in, He's got to throw. They got to throw the ball for the last quarter, quarter and a half, trying to you know make it a respectful game. Um, so I mean, hopefully, I mean I have a lot of, a lot of stock in in, in those uh, wide receivers. So hopefully they that can give them the ball at least. But we'll see. I, I still I'm still on the under. I almost switched, but I'm sticking on the under. And who's well, your friend there? The people that can't see Anthony as a as a guest. Oh yeah, that's my cat Lulu. She likes to video bomb us very often. <laughs> she just runs around. Uh, but you know, talking about Dak though, like you said, a lot of that was garbage time. 
he threw over 40 passes seven times last season. Six of them were in losses. Yeah. So just like you said, and the one that it was a win, it was a shootout against Detroit. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're going to win the game and he's throwing less than 40 passes, then, you know, he, which, by the way, it's 640 attempts. So, I mean, obviously he's, he's not going to throw it that many times. Um, so, but even if he's throwing it under 40 times a game in their wins and you're expecting them to get more than 10 wins, he's not going to get anywhere near 600. And if they're losing and he's not uh, – I'm sorry. If they're losing and he's throwing it over 40, well, you're not expecting them to lose that much because you have, you know, expecting them to get more than 10 wins. So, in, in that world, that's where I think that, that, yeah, you're right, they can be efficient, but it, I don't know if they're going to get to the point where he's going to be returning that top three or four value people have been looking for this offseason. Everyone's like, oh, Dak Prescott's number three. Dak Prescott's number three. Not everyone, but, I mean, there's been a lot of hype going on there. And that's why I always say when people say, oh, Josh Allen has never thrown for 300 yards and Dak has thrown for 300 yards this many times. It honestly does not freaking matter. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick has thrown the ball, you know, 300 yards plus. When he throws – when he's throwing the ball 40-plus times in Miami, he's going to do it because he's he's throwing the ball 20 times more than some of these quarterbacks. You know, and I mean, last year was a perfect example. The Bills controlled most of their games, um, and you know, and Dallas didn't, and that's why Dak threw for 300 yards and more than Allen did. But he also threw 40, 40 times a game. And how many how many games did you say seven? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's gonna. I mean, I hope you can throw for 300 yards and you throw for 40. When yeah, he threw ball. for 300 yards in seven games too. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, four of them were losses. So. I mean, again, I'm not, we're not trying to bash. It's not a bash. No, bash. Well, not for you, you're on the under. I'm on the over. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's we, – we, I mean, Dallas is going to do well as a fantasy asset. I think they're going to do well from an NFL standpoint. But yeah. um, I just think regression has got to come a little bit down from, from how high they were. And, you know, Blake Jarwin, um, I know we keep talking about tight ends. A lot of these teams got tight ends uh, that have uh, been, been doing well or could be up and coming. But I think Blake Jarwin is somebody. And Michael Gallup, third-year breakout. He is very. I'm telling you guys, he's he's Calvin Ridley of of the Dude, NFC. He is he's going to be very very good, and that's what might push Amari out in a couple of years. Um, I think Eric, you said that they could trade Amari in a couple of years. Is that was that you that said it? They're gonna they're gonna have to choose between Gallup and Amari after 2021. And I'm guessing they're gonna choose. I'm guessing Gallup is gonna be the cheaper option. I mean, it, well, obviously he will be because if they keep Amari, you know, it's still going to be his current contract, and they'll probably restructure it or do something. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it all depends how much they're going to have to pay Gallup, and, you know, how much Gallup's going. But I, you know, with adding C.D. Lamb, I, I personally don't think Gallup's going to have. I think Gallup's not going to have as good a year as he did last year. Um, so if you know, if he, if he's not doing as good, you know, he's obviously going to be a little bit cheaper, come twenty twenty one. So. But yeah, I, I think it'll be the future will be Gallup and CD Lamb there. Um and yeah, Amari Amari will be out. Even if it's not after twenty twenty one, Amari will probably be gone after twenty twenty two. Yeah, no matter how well he does, I can agree with that. But I mean it doesn't mean take him now. I mean you guys he should he's still a buy for me. I think he's gonna get a heck of a lot of targets this year. He's gonna have his best season yet with, with Dallas. Um I don't know. I think they're gonna do well and that whole everybody's gonna do well. It's just I, I think that Dak's really the person that I – Then you got to agree that Dak is – if you think all the wide receivers there are going to be 
if you think Gallup is going to do just as well, if not better, than he did last year, you think Amari is still going to be up there, and you think CD is going to have a good year, then you have to believe Dak Prescott. Well, he can. He can do great, but he does not going to doesn't mean he's going to be top three or four. I mean, he can still have a good season, uh, but you know, I don't I don't think that's going to happen because you know you got to look that you know Jason Winton's gone, Randall Cobb's gone, uh, Tavon Austin's gone. That's you know almost two hundred targets right there that are gone. So it's not like yeah, but none of those names. I mean, other than Jason Witten, but, I mean, he's how old? I mean, I don't care if Randall Cobb's gone. I don't care if Davon Austin's gone. Well, you should care. That's that's almost 1,500 yards. Not when they had C.D. Lamb, and, you know, they got Blake Jarwin now, too. Who's, who yeah, but C.D. Lamb Lamb Lamb's not getting 1,500 yards and eight touchdowns, and Blake Jarwin did actually well last year, too. I mean, But, but had... just because C.D. is not going to get 1,500 yards and eight touchdowns doesn't mean C.D. plus somebody else isn't going to get eight, 1,500 yards and eight touchdowns. But who's that? Someone else. They'll they don't find have somebody. Right. I mean, well, that's that's a fourth. That's a fourth wide receiver or another tight end, and I don't think they have that. Dalton Schultz that they drafted. Trust me, I, I'm not. I'm not worried about them finding someone. There well, no, that, that's just my only. I mean, that's just my only argument against. It's why not like I think it's not like down. it's not like Cobb and um, who else did you say was there that left? Tavon Austin left. Tavon, it's not like it's not like Tavon Austin was anything special. Uh, no, Cobb he wasn't, wasn't anything special. So. I just think that's why there might. I think that's a. Re- I think more. that's a replaceable spot there. It is replaceable, so. but I think that's what they're going to do. Is concentrate more on three wide receiver sets. So Amari, Michael, and CD. So for me, would more. you rather have? Would you? Would you rather personally, if you're running a football team, would you rather have Tavon Austin and um, Randall Cobb, or would you have CD Lamb and someone you don't know? That's – I would rather have CeeDee Lamb, but that's not what I'm getting at. I'm saying that there's so much yards and touchdown and production that's missing now from that offense that I don't think they replaced enough for Dak to be able to repeat his near 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. That's why I think Amari can do well, Michael Gallup can do well, because they did last year, and they can improve on that even by 10 to 15%, and there's still production left over that I don't think Dak's going to get. That's all yeah, I'm I guess saying. that's I love just where I'm else. at is – I think, you know, between yeah. CD Gallup yeah, and Amari, I think between those three, plus adding Jarwin there, plus adding with Zeke gets, I think just what those guys are going to do is going to be able to elevate these guys below them to actually have decent years and, and put up those stats that, that are missing. Yeah, I get that. Definitely do. And I, I can see that side. And with that, let's move to New York Giants. So 2019, the Giants were 4-12, third in the NFC East. Uh, their biggest losses so far has been Nate Solder, who opted out of the season, uh, their big left tackle. Uh, they did just draft Andrew Thomas, uh, the first tackle, uh, number four overall, who may slide over to the left side, mostly played right in, in college. Uh, but, you know, their defense had the third highest points allowed last season, and Vegas currently has them at an over-under of six and a half. We got ascension of, of Daniel Jones and, uh, you know, hopefully they can stay healthy. They had trouble last season. So what do you think uh, the Giants can do for them uh, this year, Keenan? Um, all right, the Giants, what do we have them at? What's their win total? I'm oh, sorry. Six and a half, sorry. You might have said it. I, I might have missed it. Um, you know, I'm a big Daniel Jones fan. I, just because he comes out of uh, Duke University, I'm a big Duke guy. Didn't go to college there, which I did. But um, I, I want to cheer for this guy. He had such an up and down season last year. He had, you know, he had three great, three great games where he threw four touchdowns and over 300 passing, passing yards for, for fantasy reason. 
fantasy wise, it was great. But he also fumbled the ball 15 times in his final eight games. Uh, he also turned the ball over 22 times in the 12 starts. That's like Jameis Winston uh, without the touchdowns. So I don't know what to think of Daniel Jones yet. I still too early on him. Um, they did bring in Jason Garrett from Dallas to run the offense. I don't know if he's going to be enough. They have such a tough schedule to start. They have, they have San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Chicago, the Rams to start the season. It, it's just, I don't know. I really don't know what the, I don't think they'll, they're going to be able to overcome that um, start. When it comes to Daniel Jones, fantasy-wise, I'm staying, staying clear from him um, in redraft leagues. I'll take him in a best ball league because he has those you know great games. Um, it all comes down. It all comes down to Daniel Jones for me. I mean, I mean Barkley. You know, he had some, he had a good year last year. Kind of kind of shadowed because what what Christian McCaffrey did in Carolina. He had that ridiculous season last year. But you know, in in Barkley had that ankle injury early on. Was that last year that he had that injury, or was it two years? Yeah, ago? Last he was actually he missed two games. Yeah. And I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but he still finished with over a thousand yards, and he averaged over 110 total yards per game. So he, and he finished tenth in running back scoring total PPR. Um, so I think I think Bar- I think Barkley's going to be fine. The wide receiving core for me, is, I mean, besides Sterling Shepard, I know you love Golden Tate, Antonio. I don't want to take all the you know all the all the notes here that I have, um, but I'm going to go with under with them. Can Evan Ingram stay healthy? He he's one of the best tight ends in the league. I he, I feel like he's always hurt, and I feel like I draft him every year, and I always get burned. So, um, so I guess the do the Giants have enough weapons for Daniel Jones? I would say on paper, yes, but yeah, I'm gonna have to. I I don't know. I it was six and a half. He said, um, yeah. Honestly. A couple of weeks ago, I probably would have said definitely over. And now when I look at it again, you know, I think this might be a team that's still another year or two away from actually making some noise. They have a new coach, too. They got Jason yeah. Garrett as their um, their offensive coordinator. He's their head coach. Is it- oh, yeah, sorry. And they, yeah, and they had uh, their uh, – um, oh, geez, why am I blanking right now? Pat Shermer was their coach last season. They it's just Judge. Judge. Yeah, they're Joe Judge. Jeez, yeah. goodness gracious. Yeah. From New England. Yeah. Sorry. But um Freddie Freddie Kitchens is their tight end coach if that scares you. <laughs> yeah, you see how he goes from head coach to tight end coach. Yeah, it makes sense. But um but what was I saying? Yeah, I so again, I I don't know. It's it's tough cuz I really I do like Daniel Jones. I think he's he's a pretty good quarterback. Um yeah. I was excited that, that they upgraded their offensive line and then now their offensive line just got just got uh, another loss to it. Um with soldier, with soldier there, soldier. Um, so yeah, it's a tough one. I again, I I like Slayton the most out of their wide receivers. You know, I think next year Golden Tate's going to be gone. You know, they'll, they'll probably draft somebody next year. Um, hopefully, they upgrade the offensive line next year again, and hopefully they add to that defense. Um, but yeah, that that's the biggest thing is you know their defense is still have a lot of holes. Um, their offensive line still needs to needs some work done to it. Uh, you know they're gonna add another wide receiver, and then, like I said, another year or two, and and they might be making some noise. So I guess I'll go with the under for right now. Yeah, I got the under as well. 
Uh, I think uh, they, they're a team that shows flashes of brilliance, uh, especially Daniel Jones. You know, he had three games with uh, four touchdowns, four touchdowns, and five touchdowns. So, I mean, you, you see the high ceiling that, that he can produce, especially being a rookie. He had uh, five or six games over 300 yards. Uh, and like I said, I know that they gave up a lot of, the, you know, they were third highest in the points allowed. So, obviously, you're chasing the game script as we're throwing the ball. But still not many rookies you're going to see throwing four touchdowns, especially multiple times. Um, you know, bringing people like Darius Slayton uh, up out who were uh, six-round draft picks. But, you know, Golden Tate, I think, you know, as you mentioned, he, he's a really good value this year. Uh, you know, he, he was wide receiver 43 last year, but he only played 11 games. And on a per-game basis, he was wide receiver 29. So I, I think that he's going to be able to bring value to the team. There was only four games last year where Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and Golden Tate were all playing together. You know, when, when they happened, Darius Slayton was taking a back seat. But you got Evan Ingram's coming back. Barkley's hopefully going to be healthy all year. Uh, like you said, the line took a hit, but I think that they already had a rough line to begin with, so that's that doesn't matter <laughs> to me. Uh, but I, I think that the Giants will struggle. They won't get that six and a half. But I think Daniel Jones, uh, that whole offense will show some progress. I think you know I just got to say – a true number one wide receiver. You know, if they had someone like, you know, Odell Beckham, it'd be a different type of offense. And I might be going on. <laughs> speaking of other wide but, receivers, though, I want to say people need to be drafting Darius Slayton. I mean, he's not saying he's going to be amazing. Not not saying he's going to, get you know, be their wide, you know, oh, wide receiver one in the NFL. But he's going wide receiver. His ADP is in the 40s right now. And, you know, he was 37 last year as a rookie. I I, you know, I really do think he's going to have a better year than he did last year. And, then, you know, that defense still struggles, so they're going to be throwing a lot. And, you know, he's he's a big big play threat. So, you know, I, I think he is potentially going to be in the realm for another seven, eight, potentially nine touchdowns next year. So so I think I think people need to make sure they're drafting him. He's not getting enough love. So what would you trade uh, value-wise in Dynasty for him? Depends. Super flex, non super flex. Shouldn't matter. Doesn't, shouldn't matter. Oh, well, okay. Um, I don't know. It, I mean, what did I? I mean, I traded. What did I trade? I mean, I got a really good deal on. I traded Drew Locke in the three hundred one in a one QB league, um, and I felt I stole that. So I guess I would say probably a like late a second. No, well, I would say. Yeah, probably. I would say a high second, you know, in a one QB, maybe even. Yeah, probably, probably just. So you wouldn't out, sell him for less. Second. Would you sell him? What would you sell him for? No less than what? Oh, if I was selling him, I'd want a late first. But if I'm buying him, I'd probably wouldn't pay more than the two hundred one. If that makes sense. So like, would you rather? Have... I'd I'd like to have you know Jalen Rager, um, Jerry That's Judy. Exactly what I was going to ask Darius Slayton or Jalen Rager. Or oh, yeah. what about? Yeah, I think I'd rather take uh, Rager. What about Darius Slayton or uh, Deontay Johnson? Slayton. Okay. More so because you know I think Big Big Ben's just gonna be done after this year, and who knows what's gonna happen there. Um, and okay. Daniel Jones is gonna be along, gonna be around for a couple years, you know. You know they just switched coaches, so the coach is gonna be around for a couple years. I feel like it's a more stable environment there for him um 
as opposed to, you know, if Big Ben is gone after this year, you know, what is Deontay Johnson going to become? Especially with, you know, what if they signed Juju, Juju to a long-term deal too? And then, you know, what is going to be there for Deontay after that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a possibility. Um, I do I do personally like Deontay over Darius, but I do think that uh, Darius does have a chance this season to show some more and then potentially, like you said, if Golden Tate's gone after this year, then maybe he could step through. Um, but, you know, talking about Jalen Rager uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles, I think we're going to transition over to them. Uh, they were first in the NFC East last year, losing in the wild card round when they finished 9-7. and seven. Vegas has them uh, over under 9.5. Uh, they uh, have some additions. They brought Deshaun Jackson back. Uh, well, he'll be back, sorry, from injury. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is on the pup list for training camp. I probably will expect him to start on the pup uh, after his torn Achilles last year. Uh, but they did draft Jalen Rager. So that's something good. Uh, they lost Brandon Brooks, you know, one of the top guards in the league. And uh, Jason Peters was brought back. But it sounds like he might be a guard. So transitioning from a career-long tackle to be a guard, that'll be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, that's some uh, points here on the Eagles. Uh, how about uh, Keenan? Come on. Let's hear it again. Um, another tough one. I, I, I hate the NFC East. I really do. Um, I just can't – they – I don't know. I really don't know. I, I'm going to say 10 wins for them just because Carson. Oh, I do want to, I'm sorry to interrupt. I do want to mention some breaking news talking about the Eagles. It's coming up. Ironically, Doug Peterson uh, is apparently diagnosed with COVID. So that's interesting. Sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you there. Um, But that, that's going to send some shockwaves, huh? And that's two weeks. He's got a quarantine for what? Three weeks. So he's going to be back. I don't know how that's going to work now. That's got to be interesting. You're right. I mean, Sean Payton had it, but that wasn't really during important times of being a coach. And now what do you do? You better trust your assistants, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a assuming. A lot of Zoom calling. I'm assuming, yeah, I'm assuming he's, you know, okay. And this is just, you know, making sure that no one else gets it from him. And so he's going to be at home. So he's going to be – doing a lot of zoom calls and stuff. So maybe they'll get a live feed, like a Facebook live thing. And so you could watch the games or oh. the practices. They'll film the whole practice and they'll just watch it at home. And Yeah. But I mean, what is that? That, I mean, that ruins continuity like tenfold now. I mean, like Jalen Rager, what are you thinking? I mean, generally, you know, rookies don't, at least in the, in the Philadelphia scheme, they don't come in and just kind of do much. Um, you know, a la Miles Sanders, he, he was able to do that. But, I mean, wide receiver-wise, we saw Jay, um, geez, uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside uh, not really be able to contribute um, or get much opportunity. But, yeah, Peterson's not there now. Yeah, it's. It, I'm still going to go with the over. I'm still going to give him 10 wins. I just yeah. – just because of Carson Wentz. Um, I think he's one of the un, most underrated players in the league. I don't even think that he was in the top 100 list that just came out this past week. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think he was one of the quarterbacks named on there. Um, I'm I'm so shocked that he, you know, now that I said this, that I don't know when he's when the coach is going to be back. So I'm thinking, should I change my answer to under? I, I mean, they, you're right. They're a well-coached team, a well-sought-out well organization. So, I mean, 
I think I'm probably going to stick with the over just because I think someone's got to win this division. I know it's probably going to be close between them and Dallas. And the Giants and Washington will just stay down low 0-6 probably yeah. <laughs> in their division. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the over on this one. Um, yeah. Just because that team – yeah, well, that team, it has continuity. Um, yeah. And there is no preseason games. It's just, you know, going to be them practicing, training camp, doing some scrimmages. So – I think he'll be back in time for, you know, to have a couple of weeks before the season starts. Um, And just looking at this team on paper, if they stay healthy, they're going to be dangerous. You know, they got um, Elshon Jeffrey still, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Jalen Rager, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy to see. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. You know what they really have, you know, if Carson Wentz can stay healthy, you know, it really all relies on that because um, they don't got Nick Foles there backing them up anymore. They just so. lost Jeffrey last week. Um, he's still this Frank injury. So, oh really? Oh wow, yeah. I didn't even see that. Well, he's coming back from it, but he, from he's it. on the pup yeah. for training camp right now. He'll probably start the season on the pup. We'll see. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, but um, but still, you know, they they have a lot of weapons there for him. Um, you know, I know they lost uh, Brandon Brooks, but. You know, I think they can they can manage that. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think the they lost the whole, Marquise Goodwin too to the COVID list. Yeah, but but for me, I think that'll only help Rager. Yeah, um, and and some of those other options, JJ, even you know, just some of those other guys, because because Goodwin would have came in, he would have been a veteran guy, he would have been getting some targets. Um, Do you think he would have made the team though? Let's be. Didn't they draft two other yeah, wide receivers? I think he would. He was a good wide receiver. He really he isn't bad. He just it's Didn't just he his a couple more wide receivers so after Rager. Um, sorry, what did you say? Philly did. Didn't they draft a couple other wide receivers after Rager? Oh, I know they brought in uh, Greg Ward, who was there from uh, the CFL that they kept. Uh, I'm not sure if, uh, who they did draft more, but um, I mean, I, I kind of want to bring up my love, Miles Sanders, right here because you know, talking about some yeah, potential we'll wide receivers. Uh, you know, not being there for some targets, uh, that means he's going to be getting some more of them. Yeah. And, you know, he, as everybody sees as he's been rising a lot this off season in the dynasty world and, and the fantasy community that uh, he was one of the top backs you know, the last, you know, six games of the season. Uh, I know that people like to think or say, as we've seen that Peterson likes to rotate a lot of backs, but I just don't think they've had a Miles Sanders. You know, he hasn't had that. And I think it's what they're going to do. I mean, in Kansas City, they weren't rotating backs, you know, when he was the offensive coordinator there. Uh, you know, they had Jamal Charles. And I think that's exactly who Miles Sanders can be just like. Uh, he's very elusive, very quick. Uh, he makes a lot of guys miss. And he's very good in the passing game and the running game. And I think he's going to be the bell cow. I think 275 to 300 touches is very much in the possibility. And he's going to be I, – I truly believe he's going to be a top five back starting next offseason. Oh, wow. There you go. I, I mean, I guess I definitely see it happening. I think I, I could definitely see him. I think he's going to be, you know, top seven, eight. So, I mean, I definitely could see top five. Um, I think it'll be tough just because just because what Peterson likes to do with his running backs. But, um, but yeah, I could definitely see that coming. I, I'm slowly starting to get on that uh, Miles Sanders train here, Antonio. Um, I'm too slow. <laughs> it's not too slow. We still got all of August when our draft starts. Um, I 
I guess. So good, man. Yeah, he is. And I've been watching – I've been watching some film on him. And it's – did they use him? At, did they use him right last year? He, he wasn't there because Jordan Howard – it yeah, was okay, – you know, Jordan, they didn't want him to start everything. Jordan Howard got injured and then he okay, came in. That's why. But, yeah. you know, it's – yeah, they didn't, and then he got a lot of snaps. That's what people don't understand, though, is they, they're one of the heaviest uh, running teams in the NFL. Yeah. So even if he gets 60% of the carries, which is a high amount of touches, I mean, 60% of potentially 500, 60% of 450, you're still talking about, you know, 225, 240 carries. He's going to get it, and, and that's, yeah. that's where I think it's going to happen. So You want to trade him to me, first-round pick next year? Uh, we're going to move on to <laughs> – Before we move on, they did draft a couple of receivers. <laughs> yeah. Couple of wide receivers. Oh, uh, they had a Quintus Cephas. Yes. Oh, yeah. Golf in my head. In the sixth round from Southern Miss. Six, and then um, Watkins, right? No, they drafted – Quez Watkins. Hightower. Quez, Quez, yep. In the fifth round? Um, no, but seriously, Quintus Cephas, he was an, he's a nice wide receiver. I, I actually – I've been scooping him up in, like, the fifth round, like, like near the end of my drafts. Yeah. Uh, him and then Devin Duvernay from uh, Baltimore. I've been getting him around the fourth or fifth. Just a little deep Let, and then before we move Before we move on also from the Eagles, let's mention their tight ends too. I know, Eric, you said they're pretty dangerous. They, they have some good tight ends too there with Ertz and Goddard. So – Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I think Ertz still has his his two years. I think it's going to be the same situation that they've been doing with. It's going to be frustrating. Um, you know, they both are going to get their targets, though. It's going to be a heavy twelve personnel. Um, a lot of a lot of ends, a lot of red zone touchdowns. So, yeah, I didn't mean to, to pass on them. Thanks for catching us back. But that's I do think that's just going to be kind of status quo as it's been for at least another year or two. So well, it, I'm just I'm I'm talking about more. Regarding the Vegas is nine and a half over and under, I think they they br- they bring a lot of uh, insurance. It's like an insurance oh, policy for for uh, for for Eagles. You know they're both really good pass blocking and uh, receiving. So yeah, that's uh, I agree with that. I agree with that. So our final team, our final team for this episode is actually the Washington. Not Redskins, now known as the football team. So we'll just uh, Washington football team. Going to have to get used to that one for a little bit. They uh, were the uh, fourth team in the NFC East last year, coming in last at three and thirteen. They had the second overall pick, uh, drafting Chase Young, defensive end from Ohio State. Vegas isn't too bullish on them. Had them uh, has them as an over under at five right now. They did bring in Ron Rivera, who brought over a bunch of people from his coaching staff of Carolina, especially uh, Scott Turner, North Turner's son. Uh, but uh, they added some uh, some skill players as well. Antonio Gibson, the running back wide receiver uh, combo of a player. Uh, Antonio Gannon-Golden, wide receiver, and Thaddeus Moss, tight end. So they had the second highest point differential in the league. They did not do well with scoring, uh, and they did give up a lot of points. Uh, they also ran 885 plays, sorry, 885 plays, which they were one of two teams since 2006 to have under 900 plays run. And uh, the other was Miami in 2018. So you got to think that they're going to be increasing their plays. Um, and, you know, everyone's got to – you really can only go up from there. So why don't we uh, hear a little bit from you, Eric, about Washington. Yeah, uh I don't think there's going to be much uh, fantasy-wise there. I do like Terry McLaurin. 
Um, I do like actually Antonio Gibson a little bit. I'm a little upset. I don't really have any shares of him. Um, but yeah, I think he can, he can pop off and, and, uh, show, show what he's got there. I, I don't know. I know you love Darius Geis, but I am not on the Darius Geis train. Uh, I see, I see some people actually giving up, a, you know, a pretty good value for him, which is a bit surprising. Um, I don't, I don't know what, why everyone is still on this train and what's going on. I mean, I guess I get it. He has a lot of potential, but at this point, I'm kind of, what's that? What's telling you that he's not going to do anything there? Besides, you know, that injury history. I mean, Antonio Gibson, I just can't see him overtaking it. The guy had, you know, like 80 total touches in college. It's, I lied. It's like 120, but I mean, I don't know. I just don't know if that production is there. He's a big, he's a big running back and, but I just think Geis is with the continuity with this offseason the way it is. Geis has got to get that first shot, and he's so talented. Uh, I mean, he'll be he'll get the shot, but again, I don't know. I just you know after so many injuries and whatnot, your body just wears down. It's just not the same. I just I don't you know is he going to be the same guy coming into this year? Is he going to be you know uh, able to carry the carry the whole workload and and be that? you know, every down guy, but I don't know. I, I just, I really like Antonio Gibson. I, I, watching this tape, you know, he, he has a lot of talent. I know he didn't get much work in college, but he does have a lot of talent. Um, but I do think, you know, and Adrian Peterson's still there, you know, he's still hanging along there and they like to give him carries. Um, but for the passing game, again, I like Terry McLaurin, but I really don't think there's going to be much there. You know, the second Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, um, decides that Haskins isn't his guy, who's to say he doesn't throw Kyle Allen in there just because? Um, and yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's just going to be it's just gonna be a weird year, I think, It's for them. It's going to be Rivera kind of figuring out who he wants to keep and how he wants to enter the future with that. Because if he decides Haskins isn't the guy, he obviously is going to want to go after one of these quarterbacks next year. And if that's the case – might be more uh, better. It might be better for them to start uh, Kyle Allen. Um, you know, if, if they start off going zero and five, zero and six, they might make a switch, and that'll be even worse for them. I think so. I, I don't know. I think Haskins is going to play the whole year. I think Kyle Allen's really just there for that familiarity of the offense in case, you know, maybe an injury. I don't know if they could have really pull him unless you know that's true. I mean, maybe if he just does so poorly that. They do just want to put Allen in and do even worse because, you know, he was really horrible with Carolina. But uh, I think that Scott Turner coming in, uh, son of North Turner, who loves throwing the ball to running backs. I do think, you know, Antonio Gibson has a shot to get a lot of targets, but I think guys can show, you know, that he can get 40 to 50 targets as well and do some work with it. Um, I love Terry McLaurin. I think he, he truly is a talent that's going to, to become elite. Um, maybe not, Maybe not next year. Uh, but the man, the man can do some insane things, and we saw that with some long touchdowns, uh, some red zone touchdowns, uh, great route running ability. Um, he just did a lot of things for Dwayne Haskins, and you know the fact that they played Ohio State together, that, that chemistry kind of, uh, I think, transitioned over a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I think that uh, there isn't too much here with Washington besides guys and McLaurin in my eyes. Um, I know some other people, like you said, Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gannon Golden, some people are fans of. Uh, but I don't know. I think Thaddeus Moss is a good stash, you know, in Dynasty League. Grab him in like the, you can grab him in like the fourth or fifth round of your 
I got him. I got him undrafted in in our uh, yeah in one of our leagues. Yeah, you can get him late. I think he's a good stash just for the future. Um, because because he he would have had higher draft capital if he didn't have that injury before the combine. So or if he would have went to you know any other team besides Washington. Yeah, that too. But I mean, tight end produces there in Washington. You know, throughout history. So so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And because if you look at it, you know, Ron Rivera's there, and he had Greg Olson for all those years. So, yeah. you know, the tight end could produce there. I'm, yeah, I agree. I, but I'm definitely on the under. It has nothing to do with any of the players. What, what, even, what even was the over-under? It was five. 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 Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'll yeah. go under. I'll go under for sure, yeah. I got the under also. I, it has nothing to do with any of the players on the field or any or anything, you know, coaching-wise or anything. It just I feel like that organization – this offseason just went south. Um, I feel like they haven't focused on football at all. It's been some, something else coming out of that organization. And this is the year not for this to not be happening, for this to be not happening um, with, you know, they need to focus on football, but they have so much other outside noise coming in with the whole name change, which we all agree that was probably well over overdue. And then whatever with the whole sexual abuse with um, – we're employees. Um, I feel like they've lost their track, um, and the team is. If Ron Rivera wasn't there as a veteran coach, who knows where Washington would be right now? Um, yeah, he's definitely there to bring some culture. That's for yeah. Sure. Like it's just, I, I feel like, you know, every time I turn on the TV and you know I turn on a sports sports show, Ron Rivera is addressing the media regarding any issue that's coming out of there, and no one, no one else. It, no, none of the owners or anything are stepping up. So, so I, I yeah, agree but with, I agree with Anthony. What you said, there's only a couple players that I would target, but mostly I'm staying away from Washington fantasy wise. Yeah, and like you said, I think McLaurin really is just the biggest one to grab, and because they're going to be behind, that it's going to be a negative game script a lot, and McLaurin yeah. should see a lot of targets. So Steven Sims could be somebody, uh, Trey Quinn, uh, Calvin Harmon. You know, he, he they drafted him last year. You are you are grabbing him up out of the bottom of the barrel now, huh? Hey, I'm just saying, Stephen Sims had some really good uh, slot production last season. He was very quiet. Trey Quinn was able to do so before Stephen Sims came up. Um, I know, I know, it's not much, but just maybe some D stats. I picked up some Steve Sims and uh, some redraft leagues. Yeah, no, not in redraft. Just uh, on a few dynasty leagues, he was sitting on the waiver wire. Yeah, he really would be. Uh, he definitely should be on people's rosters. Uh, at least yeah. in my opinion. But uh, that's too much talk of the Washington football team, and that's a lot of talk of football to, uh, for, we, for everybody. We have the Eagles. Oh, sorry. I'm going to go under five. My bad. No, the division we have, uh, I have Dallas winning the division. Yeah, but Dallas. I do have Dallas and Philly both going to the playoffs. I have Philly winning that division, and then Dallas, then the Giants, and Washington. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a real good, uh, hopefully, season, a real good battle between those two up top. Um but that's going to wrap it up for the AFC and NFC. Sorry I did go a little bit long today. Uh, the future divisions, we'll make sure to wrap them up just a little bit quicker. But uh, before we do leave, just want to make sure to remind you guys, you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, make sure to follow the pod on Twitter at Dynasty Mafia underscore FF. Uh, make sure to follow me, Antonio Denisi FF. Follow Eric at Eric D underscore FF. And you can follow Keenan at Keenan underscore 716. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, uh, DM the pod, give us some feedback, anything you got for us. 
uh, we appreciate we appreciate everybody for listening and uh, can't wait to work next week on the AFC and NFC North. So uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for everybody uh, here today. Right, guys? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, man. I'm exhausted. Well, uh, I know. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I know. We'll get this out uh, probably by uh, Tuesday by some everybody's hearing this. So uh, everybody have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Mafia out.